0: Let me, um, while you guys are turning there, let me just review a little bit from last week. So we, uh, we just finished a series, right, where we talked about uh, what it means to love God. And now we're starting a new series <clears throat> about what it means to love others. So the great, the great commandment, yeah. Um, Jesus was asked of all the commandments, what is the greatest? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay. Okay. Um, and so we're just taking the second half of that right now and just kind of focusing on what it means for us to, to love our neighbor, yeah? Um, so one verse that I threw out last week was Psalms 133 verse 1, yeah? That says, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity, yeah? Um, Nobody likes to be, or answer this question, how many of you guys actually like to be in drama all the time? Like not drama class, (laughs) like drama in life, you know, when people are either gossiping about you or teasing you or backstabbing you. I mean, really, that's not enjoyable. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people live in that all the time. Anybody know friends that just are always surrounded around? Yes, there's a few of us, right? I mean, you hang out with them and you just get sucked in, right? You're like, how did I end up in this? Like, I, you know, I don't even know who is everybody involved in this story and somehow I'm involved in it, you know? Um, well, praise God that in the in, in the greatest of all commandments, God says that really he wants us to, to be in unity, right? To love, literally love others. And so, um, jump to galatians right so one of the verses i talked about last night which i, I kind of want to elaborate a little or not last night last monday he's not paying attention because last night what last monday okay was um galatians chapter 5 um in verse 14 paul the author quotes jesus okay So this book was written after, or this letter was written after Jesus had lived, gotten brutally beaten, died on the cross, rose from the dead three days later, and then 50 days after that, he ascended to heaven. That Jesus visited this guy who wrote this author, yeah, Paul, and um, pretty much said, like, you know, I'm here, I'm real. And Paul dedicated the rest of his life to not only preaching God's word, but getting beaten for it. Like now nowadays, there's a lot of preachers who um, get glamour and fame rather than whips and stones. Yeah? I mean, you get, we watch it on TV. I don't know if you guys see these guys who are televangelists or guys who have mega churches. I mean, they're pimping with like Lexuses and suits and... Likes and Twitters, and you know, there's thousands of people that adore modern-day preachers nowadays. Paul was the preacher then, you know? And instead of getting glam fame and fortune, he got beatings, scars, you know, and sleepless nights on shipwrecked beaches, you know? And for me, that makes more sense. The fact that his... Uh, love for the Lord and love for brothers look like beatings. Like he was willing to endure hardship for those that he really cared about, yeah? Um, so anyway, pick it up, chapter five, verse 14. He calls Jesus and says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Then he continues and he says, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed also by one another okay so the the context of the the letter is that there's division in the church because people uh are uh what is the word they're they're watering down the the initial gospel message that Paul preached so Paul went to this Area in Galatia and started preaching Christ crucified. Yeah, as the fundamental basis of our faith. Not church attendance. For them, the, the word was circumcision, right? Because God's chosen people were all circumcised. And if you're circumcised, that means you are righteous. Right? The, the majority of the population weren't circumcised. Only, like, really the Jewish community started doing the circumcision thing, like, generations before okay and so that was the form of righteousness nowadays it's like um i'm gonna i'm gonna wear christian shirts i'm gonna go to church i'm gonna do christian things but actually not really be a christian okay so back then it was like what is the outward symbol of my righteousness yeah i want to look good on the outside I don't care about the inside. As long as outside looks good and everybody thinks outside looks good, I'm totally fine. But what Jesus introduced and what Paul introduced is like something that went a whole lot deeper. He's like, who cares about what's happening on the outside? Let's address what's happening on the inside. And then into that speech, he says, love one another. Yeah? The um, evidence for your love for God and your righteousness doesn't look like church attendance i mean that's a part of it but that isn't anything you know it may look like um you wearing christian shirts or saying a couple more prayers here and there that's cool it's not bad things but that cannot be the only evidence of your faith in the lord he says when it bottles down to everything yeah when it when it comes down to the simplest of forms your love for god should look like sacrificial love for your neighbor's yeah, and, and not only those who live literally next to you. I mean, those people, yes, especially like Nunu who lives in Halei Maile, right? And those people need love, you know? It's me who lives in Makwal, right? People who need love. But it's also those that we hang out with for you guys, you know, classmates, teachers. Oh, man, teachers, amen? Yeah, especially the hard ones, right? Uh, Mark, now he's graduated and in the real life, um, co-workers, people that he's next to in traffic when he's coming back from Lahaina because that traffic is crazy. You know, like, um, ultimately, our love for God needs to look like love that is demonstrated in real ways. Okay? You guys following me on that? Like, the evidence of our love for God needs to look like Caring for one another, speaking highly of one another, and we're, we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight okay is 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 Pauls going to elaborate a little bit more in chapter five in these next couple verses sixteen and on um, what and, and this is kind of a new revelation for me I, I've read these verses a bunch of times, and today I was thinking about it, and I was like in in light of loving God and reading these scriptures, it kind of it, it it made more sense to me okay, so let me just read um Galatians chapter 5, uh, sixteen I'll, I'll read through 21, and then we'll pause and, and talk, and then we'll read 22 through uh, 24. Okay, all right, so uh, verse 16. Uh, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So right now, he's going to make a comparison of people who live by the Spirit, which means like people who live for the Lord and live by the Lord's strength versus people who live for themselves. okay. So he's gonna make this comparison of those who live for the Lord and is. And the reason why I say empowered by God is because we cannot just choose to, to love God and then work it all out. Like we need some help, amen? Like we lift, left to our own selves, screw things up. You guys realize that? In, in your lifetime, I promise you, take this as advice. You will hurt people that you love. Not because you want to, but because you're flawed. And you guys may have experienced that already in life, but the longer you live, the more intense your love will be for other people. And naively, we're going to make decisions that hurt the people that really love us the most. And it doesn't make any sense. So I, I kinda wanna speak into that a little bit tonight. Like, how do we avoid that, right? If, if the greatest commandment is to love God and love our neighbors, how do we avoid hurting our neighbors, you know? I mean, when I talk about people that we care for the most, right, parents, siblings, like, you know, uh, coaches, best friends, like, people that we grew up with, like, how do we avoid hurting those types of people, right? Um, and I, and I think that there's something in the scriptures tonight that can really help us, okay? All right, so uh, verse 17. For the desire of the flesh is against the spirit, and the desire of the spirit is against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other uh, to keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law, okay? And verse 19. So these are the works of the flesh, okay? So the things that we naturally Yeah, yield towards, okay? Normally, we don't yield towards righteousness and goodness. Normally, we yield towards selfishness, anger, and all the things that he's going to list here. So, verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Number one on the list, sexual immorality, okay? If we chase after, yeah, just satisfying our own carnal nature. You guys have heard that phrase before? like your carnal nature, yeah, it's the things that we're almost created with, you know, like our sexual desire, it comes from the Lord, amen, amen, like we're born with that, yeah, we're born with this desire for the opposite sex, okay, Um the, the, the first commandment ever given, yeah, was to what, be fruitful and multiply, okay, the first command from God to creation was to reproduce, okay, Written into who we are as people is to reproduce, okay? But when we take the things that God has put into us and chase after them without chasing after God for them, then we end up becoming like, uh, we, living in, we live in God's will and those things become a God. What, what do I mean? Society nowadays tells you, marriage, what? No. Like, What is that marriage, you know? Like, saying marriage to a teenager or even a 20-year-old nowadays is like a foreign concept. Nobody wants to get married, but everybody wants the marriage benefits, right? They wanna sleep around, they wanna live with people, you know, they wanna have their freedoms, and most of it is why? The root of that is because they wanna satisfy these desires that are put inside of them, yeah? I've heard it so many times, okay? I've seen it so many times, right? You guys have seen it, you know? Where it's these, uh, people are making choices to satisfy these desires that aren't necessarily ungodly. They're actually God-given, but when we take something that's God-given outside of God-timing, it becomes ungodly, okay? So, uh, first on the list, right? Sexual immorality, then he goes down uh, in uh, impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery uh, enmity strife jealousy fits of anger uh, rivalries dissension division envy drunkenness orgies and things like these he says i warn you and as i had warned you yeah before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of god and i want to add to that not only will they not inherit the kingdom of God, they're not even going to inherit a kingdom principle that is super central to living now. Relationship. If we practice these things, okay, not only will you not be able to participate in your relationship with the Lord or with God's people, but you're not even going to be able to be in a relationship with normal unbelievers, Okay, not that we're not, not that believer, believers are abnormal, okay, that's not what I'm saying. But with non-believers, so people make this comment, right, where, where like Christians are like whatever, you know, they're different and lives a different standard and, and, and we should, right, but uh, there's some things that in the Christian church people practice that people who are non-believers don't even practice. Like I know some non-believers that have great morals and then believers who have no morals. You guys understand that? Like right now, like for most part, like most of you guys come all the time, yeah? So I'm speaking to the choir, yeah? I'm speaking to the people who who should know, right? And there's sometimes things that we participate in that non-believers don't even participate in. That's on this list, right? Maybe Blair, should I rewrite that and just put the... Just that list up there from um, from nineteen through uh, twenty one <clears throat> so if, if we look at the list, right so uh, jealousy, uh, fits of anger, so let, let's talk about fits of anger, okay um, as, as a great example. <clears throat> How many know that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, yeah. I'm sure, pretty sure we've seen the anger of a person create not harmony, right? But the opposite. Right? Division, distance, uh dislocation, you know, like the anger of man definitely doesn't produce relationship, like close intimate relationship. It actually divides, right? And um and I've actually met a few non-believers that do this very well. Where they don't cuss, they're super tempered in intense situations, you know. And in my mind, I'm thinking, if I'm a believer, I should not only be like this guy, you know, but even so so example, right? So this guy I'm talking about is a fisher. Now like he fishes all the time. For the life of me, every fisher that I've met, like boat captain, even guys who fish uluas, you know, they drink, they smoke, they cuss, and when it gets intense, they're pissed, you know? Like if they miss a fish, what the, you know, beep, 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 you know, and just throwing their pole in the water, like, you know, I quit, I'll just, you know. Hundreds of the, I mean, just losing it, you know? But then, every once in a while, I meet, you know, certain people who are different than that. And it's not necessarily because they're believers. Like, some of these guys are actually non-believers, but they're just tempered. They have this God ability in them, even though they may not be believers, to to not cuss and not swear. Well, um, those are the same things, you know? Um, and not lose it in the midst of ridiculous situations. Yeah? And so maybe, you know, you're looking at this list up here, right? Sexual immorality, impurity, sensual idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, robberies, you know, you look at this list and you're like, a lot of this, you know, should be, the. the uh, I mean, you know, people who, who practice such things, right? Right? Um, And they're divisive. Yeah, John 10.10 says that the thief, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, none for me more important than relationship. Yeah. He wants to bring division amongst people. He wants us to get to a place where we're living for ourselves and not actually fulfilling the the great commandment, right, to love God and love neighbors. But, But what is the What is the value of that? That's what I'm trying to ask you guys. Like, why are we even here? Why are we even talking about this? It's because we all thrive in relationship, yeah? But if we satisfy the desires of our own flesh and we we say yes, okay, what does that mean? We say yes to the things that I want, the things that I desire, the things that I crave, ultimately, it may result, yeah, in that list that is up there, right? I mean jealousy, right? What is jealousy? Jealousy is, I I I want what she has, you know. I want to do what he does. Why can't I be like that person? And we start envying another person, right? And we start lifting them up on a, on this pedestal that is really maybe they don't even want to be on that pedestal. Um, so let's talk about drunkenness, yeah, uh, so I'm uh, an avid anti-alcoholic, okay, and it's not because I'm a Christian, okay, I'm sure that's a part of it, like, part of it is in there, like, God is in the picture, and if I wasn't a believer, I probably would drink, but the, the reason behind, like, you know, some people ask me why, why, I, don't, why I don't drink and why I've never drank before, It's not so much because I'm a pastor, but it's because when I was young, uh, the first funeral I went to was an uncle who got killed by a drunk driver. I remember going to parties where I I had uncles who, um, I had an uncle one time, and, and he was an alcoholic. He came to a party, and I was in the back kitchen with him, and he took his ring off and said, Kaipo. Told this for me and I didn't really realize what he was doing but there was another auntie or some lady at the party that he wanted to pimp and he didn't want to have his wedding ring on without alcohol in the system he wouldn't do that you know what I mean like literally in in my lifetime yeah I've never seen something good come from alcohol I've seen on the opposite side just an enormous list of outcomes on how alcohol has become divisive in people's lives. Friends crash and die, people lose their families, husbands cheat on their wives, you know? And all the while under this influence of alcohol. You know what I mean? So there's this craving, right? Maybe they taste it once, they look around, and people are like, yeah, everybody's doing it. I wanna do it too. Like for me, I, I saw that so clearly in high school. When I was in high school, I just looked around and I said, hmm, okay, maybe I'll drink, maybe I won't drink. And I kind of looked around and I just felt like it was just this crazy popular, all the cool kids are doing it. And I was like, nah, that's not for me, you know? I looked at that and I was like, that's fake. Like why is that guy drinking? Because that guy's drinking, you know? Why is that guy drinking? Oh, me, because his dad is drinking. You know, And it kind of just became this popularity thing, and I was like, I was not about that. I wasn't about to sell myself out just for some bunch of guys who never really care about me anyway. You know what I mean? And so later on in life, it actually re- became so freeing for me, you know? So freeing for me not to even be able to let that be a pressure in my life, okay? And, and if you, some of you guys have drank before, guarantee, okay? I'm not convicting you guys, I'm just trying to ask you guys, like, you know, why have you? And check your motive, like, why do you do the things you do? You know, and has it been divisive for you? You know, if you don't watch out, it can, you know, like the Bible actually says you you can drink, right? He says, just don't get drunk, but, I mean, it's like the Budweiser commercial, drink responsibly, yeah? And I'm like, who drinks responsibly? You know, like I don't think responsible and drinking go hand in hand. When I think alcohol, I don't think, huh, responsible person. You know, I just kind of think like, stay away from this guy. I don't want to be on the same road with this guy. You know, I hope you make it home at night. So anyway, so there's a list of things here that if we practice them, you know, the for me, I think that one of the, most devastating outcomes of this lifestyle is separation from people that you really love. And and not that they're choosing to distance themselves from you. I think by us satisfying these desires, we choose to separate ourselves from them. Case in point. Uh, pick one. Say let's choose a more mild one, right? Uh, rivalries strife, jealousy. Maybe on this list, yeah, a little bit more, you know, not as gnarly as orgies and drunkenness and sexual immorality. What if Nunu's dad and myself, so Pastor Sean, senior pastor, and myself, maybe I I just would whisper about him every once in a while, like, you know this guy, I don't like his preaching. He says funny things, South South African, you know? You know? Maybe I, I, you know maybe what if I didn't what if I didn't pay attention you know like in, in our staff meetings and I always kind of just bucked them a little bit, like s- seemingly mild, but at the very least there would be disharmony in the staff and possibly disharmony in the church, you know And my little strife with Pastor Sean could surface into something that divided the church which is something i love to do you know it would take me away from doing what i really enjoy doing I love, I love hanging out with you guys you know like how long you think i would have this job if every day i showed up and i was like right you're such a jerk you're so dumb you don't know what you're doing you know what i mean like if i kept on deframing like pastor sean i would not be able to one be here two, you know like be able to do something that i loved and so Honestly, like, when when I hear these words, love your neighbor, I look at things on here, uh, on this list, right? And my intention is never to hurt my neighbor. My intention may be to satisfy my own fleshly desire. But the outcome of me chasing after my own carnal desire is going to result in what? Division separation from those whom I love and care about. And so I feel what Paul is saying here is like, if we chase after our own desires, you're thinking about yourself, which means you're not thinking about who? Others. And for us to love others, we need to be mindful of who they are. So let's back that up a little bit, right? If I think about myself, I'm not thinking about them, right? In order to love my neighbor, I can't think about myself. I got to think about them. And we have to choose to put ourselves second. Yeah? And I love that verse, right? Christ came not to serve, but, or not to be served, but to serve. And he is our example. He didn't come to be worshipped. He didn't come to be loved. He came to worship God, and he came to love others. And he gave us an example, right, that people have lived out throughout the centuries. Okay, um, let's go to the next list. Okay, so the verse continues, yeah? The next couple, um, Blair did such a good job, yeah? Making a great list. Did you make a list for a second one too? Amazing, look at that. Blair, so good, okay? All right, so um, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Okay, so look at the list, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I've always looked at this list here, yeah, and thought I want to embody these things. Yeah, I want to be a loving person. I want to be joyful. I want to be at peace. I want to be patient. Like, I want to have these godly attributes in my life. Amen? How many of us wouldn't mind being described in this way, right? Like you look at Jenna, right? And somebody's like, how's J-? So I just did a, uh, Jenna put me down as a job reference. Is that what it's called? A reference for a job that she was applying for. Yeah. And I had to tell the truth, you know? Like, but praise God that she has Jesus in her life and I was able to say some of these things on here, you know? I'm like, this girl's action, you know? She's faithful. She's trustworthy. Like, you know, she's on my team here serving the Lord. She can definitely be on your team serving you in your job, you know. And and so I've always thought about the, this list as, as like Boy Scout badges. Yeah? Anybody see the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts and they have these badges and they're like, hey, you're uh, Eagle Scout. You learn how to tie knots. You learn how to make a fire. And as something that not... Not that I wanted to be boastful, but something that I really wanted to attain. But I never did think about the benefit of these characteristics, result, or the result of these characteristics in our lives as relationship enhancing practices. Like, it, it's not an aha moment, okay? It's actually really simple, but I just never thought like, the counter to satisfying the desires of the flesh is chasing after the spirit. And if we chase after God and being loving and joyful, patient, it actually leads us to the very things that we all desire. And what is the, at the very base of our existence? We all desire relationship, right? Nobody else would be a loner. Nobody else would be alone. Like everybody wants some kind of friend, you know? Even if it's a dog. You know, like so many people have like animal friends, you know, which sometimes is real good because they don't ever argue with you, right? Like they may not talk to you, but anyway, you know, like people create these relationships with animals that just like, I'm gonna die, you know, like my dog's dead and, you know, you guys will get no compassion for me, you know? I may be like semi-compassionate, but I will never cry if your animal dies. Um, But I always, I never thought about This list being written right after Paul says, at the basis of our existence, we should love our neighbors. And what does it mean to love our neighbors? To chase after the spirit, okay? For me to love my neighbor means that I I wanna have some joy in my life because that's gonna enhance my relationship with somebody, amen? I want to have some peace. Why? Because sometimes I have friends who have no peace. Amen? Sometimes we're in a crazy situation, right? And you got to have somebody around you. Hey, some advice? Have a peacemaker in your life. Does everybody have a peacemaker in their life? Like somebody who's just a little even keel, you know? Like, if you come and you just like, hey, I got this, this, and going on about drama, they're not like, yeah, yeah, let's go scrap them. Yeah, let's go. Let's talk about them. Let's go message on Facebook because it's stupid. You want a friend that just says, awesome, you know, cool, you know, and they just hear you out. They're not jumping on the bad wagon. They're just awesome, no, no, cool. That's, yeah, you know. You know, and you're like, yeah, let's go, you know. No worries, we'll get through this. You know, need prayer? I'll pray for you. You know, even though at the moment you're like, ah, you know, I don't want any of that. We, we want some people. How many of us have somebody in their life who's self-controlled? You need some, because sometimes we are what? Not, yeah? Ourselves are not in control sometimes, amen? yeah. Amen? How many of us actually say, say things that we should think about before saying, you know? And it's good that we have a friend that what? Helps us to stay in control, right? They're in control of their tongue, and they can help us be in control of our tongue. Amen? We, we need those sometimes, okay? We need those sometimes, um, so, so all I'm saying is, and what I feel Paul is talking about tonight in, in Galatians is, is that we want to be these type of, well, we want to be people who, who have the fruits of God's spirit in our lives because the result is what? The fulfillment of the great commandment. Right? Psalms 133 from David, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. How does unity and relationship uh, uh happen you gotta have people who are willing to be uh, uh sacrificial in their love you know they gotta have some some joy peace patience you know maybe some kindness in their goodness like most of us befriend people who are a little bit of kind you know a little bit patient like or or we gotta have some patience with people in order to create relationship with people who maybe don't have patience amen um the greatest commandment, right? The second part of that. Jesus says, let us love our neighbor. Three things that that God listed off as the most important thing. Yeah. One of those three is hey, if you guys say you're going to love me, you have to have to have to love others. And Jesus knew that we weren't we weren't able. We we wouldn't be able to do that on our own. So after Jesus died, yeah, came back to life, was ascended to heaven, he sent us, what, 50 days later? The Holy Spirit, yeah? And for all those who are, for for me at least, what I believe, those who are professing, confessing, and living like living out believers, yeah? I feel like we have God's spirit in us. And when God shows up, these things come with him. Anybody have those friends, right, who are not drama people? They're joyous people. They show up, joy comes with them. And the result of their joy is what? Your happiness, you know? You're like, man, I can't be sad around this guy. They're so cheerful, they're so exuberant, and you're like, man, I want to hang around this person more. Yeah? Yeah? So, so my plea to you tonight is, is what I feel God's word says is our love for God should look like our love for others that is assisted by God's spirit that gives us these things, okay? All right, so that's all I have. I want to pray as we, we close, choose one of these things that you either have or want more of. And I just want to pray that over you guys tonight. So what from this list here are you like? I wouldn't mind being a little bit more patient or gentle or kind. That's something I prayed over my life, yeah, for a few years. Like the whole kaipo face, you guys haven't seen it a whole lot. Why? Because I needed more kindness in my life. That wasn't a loving thing when I demonstrated that to people that frustrated me. I should have been a little bit more patient and kind. Every now and then, it does surface for good godly reasons. Okay? Um, Everybody got one? Yeah, everybody got one? Yeah, Mark, what is yours? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Logan? Yes. Keone? (laughs) You got two? Give me one. Oh, praise. I like that. Jenna. Mm, Mm Kirsten? Gentleness, Mm students? Kindness? Cass? All, I love it. Good. (laughs) What's up friends? What do we got, Andrew? Mm -hmm. Patience, amen. Patience, good. And you guys are friends. You guys both need patience for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Blair? Gentleness. Gentleness. Amen, amen. Well, hey, let's pray. Yeah, we'll ask God. God's the giver of all good gifts. You know what's the cool thing? There's restriction with the things that are according to the flesh, but Jesus says with the things that are according to the spirit, there's no restriction. Like if you want patience, you can have as much patience as you want. And you can use as much patience as you want. Like, it's an unlimited resource. Amen? Like, if you want to have a resource of love, you can be a multi-loving there. You guys get it? You guys didn't get it. You got it? You know what I mean? You can be filthy rich in love. Yeah? You can be filthy rich in goodness. Like, there is no restrictions when it comes to these things. Amen? Okay, let's pray, let's pray. Uh, Jesus, thanks so much for tonight. Father, we worship you, we worship you. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Daddy, for being here. Thanks so much for um, leaving so that your spirit would come and with your spirit, God, uh, these gifts, Lord, these fruits of your spirit would come. And uh, Lord, there's there's some fruits that are desired lord tonight in in my friends here um and and in the name of jesus by the power of your holy spirit i i pray that you would grant them god um these fruits that because they know you god because they love you because uh they know that there's nothing that can separate them from your love lord um I pray, Father, that you would give them the very thing that they desire right now. Whether it's uh, a little more patience or faithfulness or gentleness, God, or kindness, self-control, Lord. I pray that, like like you, you shared in your word, um, if we who are human know how to give good gifts, how much more is our Father willing to give to us Your loved kids, things uh, that are godly, Lord, and so uh, to those here, um, Lord, I pray that you would grant them, Lord, these fruits tonight, these gifts, Um, and I pray that the result of it would be just great joy in their life, you know, that there would be enhanced relationships, God, because they're a little bit more uh, loving, kind, gentle, patient, self-controlled, Lord. I know we've all done things to hurt uh the people that we love the most and uh shucks it's man that's no fun but praise you that you're an overcomer and praise you god because of the faith in you that we can be overcomers and so um yeah to this very end lord to to unite us with those that are around us lord we pray that you would fill our lives lord and give us a strength um and the ability, Lord, to embody these fruits. So, ultimately, God, we need a God to help us to be godly. And we know that you are that God. So we plea, are pleased to you, God, to fill us so that we can be more like you. And uh, we pray all these things, Lord, in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.